0: Am I rightster or am I wrong? LSU is self-imposing penalties for rules violations and hoping the NCAA doesn't levy more for a victimless crime. Odell Beckham Jr. is banned from LSU for two years because he doesn't understand the first rule of being a booster. I'm going to break down the rules. The NBA has a financial problem on its hands. For next season, Ryan Fitzpatrick, this dude has never made a Pro Bowl, but he's done more for the NFL than a lot of other quarterbacks who have, have. Troy Aikman was right about his comments about the flyovers. I'll explain why. And of course, my parting shot. Am I right or am I wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth am i extra or am i wrong is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth monday wednesday friday fire facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door before you show up because there's no bs i keep it 100. make sure that wherever you are listening to the podcast you leave a five-star rating that you subscribe, and most of all, you tell a friend, send it to him, email it, text it, whatever it is, send him the little clips of it as well, and you can get a hold of me, GWPodcast at UnafraidShow.com as well, and you can listen to me on the Pac-12 Apostles Podcast and Fox Sports Radio, Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific, and that's 5 to 8 Eastern Time and weekdays filling in. We're going to start with LSU though. LSU, they're self-imposing penalties for rules violations and they're just hoping and praying that the NCAA doesn't levy more. This is a victimless crime. And I've said it time and time again, like schools, they keep being restricted by the NCAA, these invisible handcuffs. They tell me, oh, you can't do this. We'll penalize you. LSU should fight this tooth and nail. And if they don't like the result, they should tell the NCAA, I don't care. Give them a the finger and then carry on doing what they're doing. Because in, in actuality, who cares? The NCAA just showed everybody in college football that they have zero power over college football. Zero. They recommended, the NCAA recommended that they don't play college football. That uh, it's unsafe, all of that. And what did they do? The conferences went ahead and played anyway. The NCAA has no power or control over football championships. So that make so why on earth if you're a school, would you pay any attention? They can't affect your money in football, which is the most important thing. And if all the schools just said, "Look, we're not paying any attention. We will govern ourselves." So, well, LSU is imposing eight scholarships that they're going to restrict eight scholarships. Out of their 85 in football over the next two years that they're going to lose four a year for the next two years. Now, why would you do that? Why? Why on earth would you do that? If you are LSU, they are going to uh, reduce recruiting visits, their evaluations and communications with the uh, with recruits. Because of a two-year investigation that uncovered booster payments to the father of a football player. So, how this goes goes along is this. So, in the NCAA believes that its violations are tier one in nature. Because there's three tiers. There's tier one, there's tier two, and there's tier three. But even within those tiers, there are... Different levels of infraction. There's aggravated, which is the worst kind, which then you can get lack of institutional control. Then there's standard and mitigated. But if you are mitigated, then there's no postseason ban. But how are you going to postseason ban somebody that you don't have control over? They just showed that they didn't have control over the postseason with COVID. Come on, man. Like, this, this is just crazy to me. And it's incredibly frustrating for me because... If you are a college football fan, are you going to sit up here and tell me that there that this is a crime? You can't. Who's being exploited? Nobody. The kids are getting money. Their fam or their families are getting money, and the school profits by the the kid going there. So who is the victim? There is no victim. And truthfully, it's the secrecy that. Causes the black market, causes the need for a black market. And truthfully, uh, the name, image, and likeness legislation is coming anyway. It goes into effect in Florida in January. I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee a month and a half ago. They're they're working up details now on a universal policy. So why are we even adjudicating this anyway? Like it's name, image, and likeness, they should be able to get paid. And why are we acting like this is a bad thing? It's not. It's not. Like the kids generate billions of dollars for everybody involved. Everybody else gets paid except for them. Same case with LSU. Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator. He goes to the Panthers. He gets paid. Goes for a better opportunity. Dave Aranda, the defensive coordinator, goes get the head coach job at Baylor. He makes more money. Free Reggie Bush. Give him back his damn Heisman trophy. That's the only right solution to this at this point in time. But I did want to get into the details a little bit about LSU and who got paid. Because it's the father of one of their former offensive linemen, uh, Vidal Alexander. He got $180,000. That's the part that's victimless. The victim <laughs> the victim in here was the our lady... Our Lady of the Lake Hospital in Baton Rouge, who John Paul Fuentes, no, John Paul Funes, that he stole the money from there. So that's where the crime is. The crime isn't giving the money to the kid. It is giving the money, well, stealing the money there. And... Uh, if you want to find out more about that, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with the co-editors of the intercollegiate Daniel Libet and Luke Cyphers. You will find out more about name, image and likeness and what's going on with the NCAA there. But the person that's getting all the headlines around this is Odell Beckham Jr., how he's being banned from LSU for two years. Yeah, that's a sexy headline, but he's not the reason why they are. Uh, that they are losing scholarships and all of this the thing is if you remember after the national championship game he was there and this dude was passing out hundred dollar bills after the game in the locker room and he violated the first rule of being a booster Yes, they just beat Clemson. Everybody's excited. He was probably drunk, whatever. They won in the Superdome in Louisiana. Big deal, right? Here are the six rules of being a booster. People don't know them. So here they are. Number one, it's like Fight Club. Number one about Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. But number one in this is no fingerprints. That means you can't get caught on tape. No bank receipts, cell phone calls, credit cards, rental cards in your name. None of that. No fingerprints. And Odell Beckham Jr., not only did he have fingerprints, he got caught on tape stealing boxes. Like, that's just stupid. Why would you be doing this? Like, at what point in time did he think that this was a good idea? So no fingerprints. Number two, keep the circle small. I mean, no more than one trusted individual who knows where the bodies are buried, like the actual bag man, like the booster gives the money to him and then he distributes it that way. There is a layer the way the booster doesn't have direct contact with the player that goes back to the rule. Number one, no fingerprints. So number two, keep the circle small. Number three, loose lip sync ships. You can't run around telling people that you got money. Number four, personal relationships and loyalty matter. Like you have to vet these people. You can't just go just just giving money to any old Tom, Dick, and Harry. Like You you have to make sure that this person, like you have to give them loyalty tests to make sure that this is a stand-up individual, which I will talk about in a minute. Number five, no pillow talk especially if you're a cheater, like no pillow talk because messy breakups happen and people go exposing things when they're hurt. So no pillow talk, whoever you're laying in the bed with, do not tell them what you did in terms of, in terms of paying, paying kids. Don't do it. And if you're a kid and you got money, don't tell whoever you're pillow talking with. Number six, stay off of social media, like flashing it on the gram, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever it is, even on your stories with your close friends, don't be like Ronnie. Don't get caught smoking weed. Don't do it, dude. It's a bad idea. So those are the six rules, and Odell Beckham Jr. violated all six of those, also just flagrant. So those are the rules. Um, like this is 2020. You can't just leave the money in a duffel bag. At all. That's not how it happens. I'm not giving up the secrets for how these kids are getting it now, but just know people aren't just showing up dropping money off at somebody's house. um And number, I wanted to go back to number four for a second because the relationships matter and loyalty matters. Because I remember getting approached by a network not too long ago, like a few years ago. When they started investigating college football scandals and people being paid, approached me and was like, "Uh, yeah, we we, we heard that you may know something about what happened at the University of Oregon. I'm like, I don't know. Even if I did know something, I wouldn't tell you anyway. The NBA has a financial problem on its hands for next season. This is not a little problem. This is a big problem. The league wanted to make sure that it didn't lose $1.5 billion by not having a season. But in the midst of doing that, they had to spend $180 million to play in the bubble. That means, so they played at Walt Disney World Resort. They played in late Florida. I'm sorry, in uh, late July, 40% of the NFL, of the, the NBA revenue, it comes from ticket sales, which is a big deal when you lose that. And the NFL is facing the same issue, NHL, MLB, all of this without ticket sales. This is why the colleges and everybody are trying to get as many people in as possible because they want that money. And but here's what's interesting about the NFL of the NBA season is that this year, the 2019 2020 season, It started October 22nd, 2019. It didn't finish until October 11th, 2020. That's almost an entire calendar year. That is an entire calendar year. And that's the day that the Lakers won game six of the finals. The problem with that is there are two huge problems is that when you lose 40% of your revenue, it's going to affect the salary cap because unlike baseball, where there's the amount the players make is not tied to revenue in football and basketball. In particular, the, the salary cap is tied to the amount of revenue. And when you lose 40% of your revenue, that is then going to mess up free agency, how rosters are constructed, everything. So the NFL, um, the NBA owners are going to have to find a new solution for how they are going to calculate the cap and how they're going to do it this upcoming season. And truthfully, not even just this upcoming season, this could trickle over into 2022 because of the second problem, which is when do they restart? Because teams like Golden State, the Atlanta Hawks, the New York Knicks, these dudes have been off since March. They haven't played since March. So if they wanted to start the season up today, It it would be fine because those players have been off. But the Lakers and the Miami Heat, they've been off for like 10 days. The uh, Clippers have been off for like three weeks. That's not enough time. So you actually have to give those teams basically a full offseason. So they are considering starting um, sometime between Christmas and MLK Day. But... Well, that, that's what Bill Simmons says that they're gonna start, but it's probably more likely in between February and March, and they're gonna have to play a shortened season because they want to make the playoff start and well the season finish in July. That way they can get back on track. This is why the NFL did not want to push its season back at all because you actually impact the following season especially in a contact sport where so many players have surgery and all of this. So here's where we're at with this, is that the NBA also learned that nobody watches television in August, regardless of whether it's in a pandemic or not. And I went over this a couple podcasts ago because broadcast network television in prime time, I'm talking about ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, Are down 47% this year. That's due to the same thing that the NFL, that the NBA suffered from. A, nobody watches anything in August. The NBA finishes up in June. People usually take their vacations in July and August, and then school gets back to uh, starting. But here's the other thing the NBA also ran up against uh, football, which started. And then the election, which has which hurt initially NFL ratings, even in 2016, it does impact it, especially when you have such a contentious election and people are more worried about what's going to happen out in the real world than actually sports. That is not because of Black Lives Matter. It's not because of any of that. It's because of timing and the NBA had the NHL, college football, uh, the NFL, which is the biggest going on at the exact same time and oh and the MLB as well like that's a big deal and that's why the MLB ratings are suffering as well because of the time of year and what they are up against hockey viewership down 60 percent from last year baseball's down a lot horse racing everything as well uh next thing up Ryan Fitzpatrick he has been an absolute godsend for the NFL and the dude has never made a Pro Bowl, but he's done more for the NFL than a lot of quarterbacks. 16 years in the league, eight different teams, he was playing very well for the Miami Dolphins this year, and he gets benched for Tua. And here is what he had to say. My heart just hurt all day. Like, it was it was heartbreaking for me. Um, you know, and I... Flo kind of said what he said and said what he said to you guys as well. And that's the decision and the direction that the organization is going in. And obviously, you know, we've talked in the past, uh, me and you guys, about, you know, how I'm the placeholder. And this eventually was going to happen no matter it, – it was just a matter of kind of when, not if. And uh, it's still just it, – it broke my heart yesterday. And, um, you know, it's a tough – uh, tough thing for for me to hear and to now have to deal with, but um, you know I'm going to do my best with it. The man was absolutely heartbroken by what happened, and he admitted it. But that speaks to who he is. He's mentored Tua, who said it's like a father son relationship. Jameis Winston, other young guys as well throughout his years with the Rams, Bengals, Bills, Titans, Texas Jets, Tampa, and Miami. Just a consummate pro. He handled this head on with honesty, uh, continue to be a pro, plays every play like it's his last. He's just a man, real people, real problems, all of that, but dealing dealing with them head on and showing young players how to do the right thing. Uh, Next thing up, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was absolutely right about his comments about the flyovers. Here's what he had to say when he got caught talking to Joe Buck on a hot mic. Quote, that's a lot of jet fuel right there to do a little flyover. That stuff ain't happening with a Kamala Biden ticket. I can tell you that right now, partner. OK, I don't know about whether that'll happen with the Kamala um, Kamala <laughs> Biden ticket, but here's the thing I do know. Troy Aikman was 100 percent right. They were doing a flyover over an empty stadium. Like who was that for? That wasn't for the fans. Wasn't for the players. Like that was for some show for for who? Because this is all started with. This has all been started back in two thousand. Well, what was it like two thousand five? When the NFL started paying. Well, when the Department of Defense in the Pentagon started paying leagues for military displays. Back in 2015, it got reported. At that point in time, they had already paid $6.8 million to different leagues and specific teams for patriotic displays during the games. During the games. So everybody that talks about like the the anthem and that this is disrespecting our flag, I would think the fact that taxpayers paid more than $49,000 to the Milwaukee Brewers to allow the Wisconsin Army National Guard to sponsor the Sunday evening singing of God Bless America. The New York Jets were paid $20,000 to recognize two New Jersey Army National Guard soldiers as hometown heroes. And it's not just those teams. It was pretty much every team in every league. They continuously paid for that. Come on, man. Like, like he's right. We're we're doing all this for, for what? People who are in this country love the country. They want to be here. But here's what Troy Aikman came out and said after because people were criticizing him. He said, I love a flyover and it was odd to see one in a mostly empty stadium, but I am an unwavering patriot that loves this country and has always respected our flag, supported the men and women, blah, 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 blah. Here is the part that I stuck out that stuck out to his statement. To me, the word Patriot, and that gets me to my parting shot. So he said that I'm a Patriot and I see all these people like talking about their Patriot on Twitter. Oh, I'm a Patriot. I'm a Patriot. I love this country. I'm a Patriot. I'm fighting for the country. No, you're not. No, you're not. Do you know what Patriots are? Patriots are people who are fighting for the country. Literally who are overseas who've given their lives and their service and their sacrifice to this country like like my brother-in-law like my grandfathers like my aunt other people in my family as well those are patriots you're not uh, ambassadors who go to war zones are patriots people who are putting that Steve Kerr's dad patriot you're putting your life in danger for other people's freedoms you are a patriot there are no patriots on Twitter. It, it doesn't take courage to stand out there and tweet. Oh, well, oh people are against me. People are going to be mad. No, truly, it doesn't take courage because you won't lose anything. Somebody supports you somewhere. You And the more outrageous you are, the more fervent people are with their support. So please stop just throwing the word patriot around. Um, Last thing up. I want to talk super quickly. In the beginning of the podcast, I used to say, this ain't the place for the left, the right snowflakes or social justice warriors. And I, I, I've been thinking about it. And Then my wife brought it up to me, too. I just wanted to clarify because I wanted to make sure that this is a place where we can have open and honest conversations because people want to tell me oh stick to sports stick to this no i have opinions and thoughtful things about other things as well so i was saying that drop your labels at the door and that's the point this is i am ryster well actually well I, am i ryster or am i wrong i'm probably ryster but if not leave a comment send me a message peace out and make sure you share catch you next episode